Hey y'all, welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is episode number 255. My name is Jason. I'm the owner of Outdoor Legacy. Uh, we specialize in all things night vision and thermal optics for hunters. And as always, I've got my co-host Hans from the Hans East Texas YouTube channel. What is going on tonight, Hans? Well, we've got a jam-packed show. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. And for all of y'all that have been asking uh, about the coyote hunting tournament that happened uh, a few weeks ago, and I ha we haven't had a chance to get around to talk about it, stay tuned towards the end of the show. I'll give a recap of that very shortly. Uh, and I don't want to spill the beans now, but stay tuned for coyote uh, tournament talk later on. But we are today, we're going to be talking about a couple different things. We're going to be talking about uh, different form factors of scopes. And when you hear somebody say form factors is basically uh, just the design uh, of the scope. And there's a couple of them that, to choose from that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about battery systems and battery setups and and all of that uh, power, power talk, Jason. We, we're going to be talking yeah. about a lot of different things. I think that there's some guys hearing this right now like, oh my gosh, this is like watching paint dry. And I get that, man. If you're not interested in it, totally makes sense. But it's something that that Hans and, and Ashley and I here at Outdoor Legacy, we all, we hear this a lot. Guys call and they're interested in buying a scope, but they don't know where to start. They don't, you know, may not have a lot of experience or maybe they mm -hmm. have some experience, but it's just with one style of scope. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. So some of these scopes look like a daytime scope and some of them don't. And what are the advantages or disadvantages of one versus the other? And then, you know, we start getting into the different battery systems. Uh, there's a lot of battery options. And it's funny because um, I think that it, it's there's some guys that there's definitely not one size fits all on the battery mm -hmm. system. There are guys who are like, you know, I wouldn't ever own one of those. And then there's other guy like, I would never own one of those. And so you just, you, everybody, and that's what's cool. There's a lot of options and mm -hmm. you can mix and match and you can figure out what's right for you. And so what this show is, is just for you guys that are, you know, you're starting uh, to look for a scope, maybe a new scope. And you're just, you're trying to kind of lay this out. You're, you're looking around, but you go, man, all these different styles, all these different batteries. We just want to kind of give you some pros and cons of each, and maybe that'll help shorten down uh, when you're, you know, your yeah. time frame when you're looking for a new scope. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's jump into scope, style, form factor talk. So, for all of y'all out there uh, that are not watching this on YouTube, let's say you're listening in your truck on the way to work, I'm going to try to describe this the best as, as I can. I'm holding up a <laughs> scope right now, uh, and this is what we're going to call a traditional thermal style scope and if you're not seeing it um it is the what you picture if you're familiar with the old pulsar pulsar trails if you're familiar with the hogster uh, that more compact uh, some people call it like a brick <laughs> a brick yeah. style but it's just that rectangle uh more more compact design of scope we're calling that traditional for the sake of naming it for the show uh and then as we refer to the 30 millimeter tube style of scope. So this is what you would think of if you have seen the, the, the Pulsar Thermion, the I-Ray Bolts, the AGM Adders. Uh, that is the tube style 30 millimeter scope. So uh, just about every brand has a, a version of both or, or, or had at one time a version of both. Uh, Pulsar has now gone over 
really uh, almost 100% to the tube style other than their Italian that they have right now. But we're going to be talking about traditional, which is the, the older style, brickier look, uh, and the, the 30 millimeter tube style. So going to start out with the advantages of the traditional, and this is the more compact scope. So as you can see, just looking at these compared to each other, you look at the, this is the, the Pulsar Thermion uh, Duo, uh, and this is the Iray Rico GL35 side by side. The traditional thermal scope uh, is much more smaller, uh, much more smaller. Much, much, much more smaller. <laughs> I said it, I it just it. didn't, it didn't sound, yeah, it sounded weird when I said it and sounds even it's weirder awesome. now after, you know, I'm going to have to go back in during the edit process and hear it 10 yeah. more times, but M much, much more, more small. Smaller. Yeah. Uh, so it's much smaller and thought of and more compact. People, when they call up, and let me back up a little bit. A lot of people call up and when they're deciding on the scope, there's so many different things to, that is going through their head. Resolution, the features that they want, the battery system that they want, the magnification that they want. Rarely, though, uh, does somebody call up and have a decision based on the style of scope they want, you know, traditional or, or tube style. And that's a very important uh, thing to think about when you're deciding on a scope because it really... Uh, it, it determines the type of rifle uh, that you're going to be shooting it on in a lot of cases, or you know what trying to what type of setup that you're trying to build, whether it's a compact setup, whether it's a, a bolt action full setup. So you know the form factor uh, is very important to the overall decision of the scope. But there's also people out there, Jason, as you know, that say I don't like the tube style scopes, or I like mm -hmm. the tube style scopes. I don't like the other scopes, mm -hmm. and so a lot of it has to go with just uh, personal preference and I guess eye appeal and you know what they feel like looks better but there's a lot of people out there uh, that say that they really like the compactness of the traditional th style thermal scope it, it is uh, much smaller uh, in, in design and weight um, I think some of the other advantages uh, are, are going to be that for people that want to be able to take this on and off the rifle and scan with and there's a lot of people out there that are using this as a dual purpose of scanning with it uh, and shooting with it, this is going to lend to that uh, application a lot better. If you look at a tube style scope, trying to take this off and scan with it, I tell people, people ask me like, well, you know, with a tube style scope, is it something you can scan with? You can, but you would hate life. <laughs> You're going to hate life trying to scan with a tube style scope. But these compact traditional scopes are going to be much better for doing that. So the compactness allows you to be able to take it off, hold it with one hand, and scan with it. And again, with a good QD mount, like you can see that's on this, an American Defense mount, with a good QD mount, you can take it on and off the rifle um, and use it as a scanner. Now, a lot of people say, is that practical, using a scanner, using it as a scanner and scope? That's a whole nother discussion. Yes, at some point <laughs> you can do it, but at some point you're going to want a monocular. Uh, and, you, you know, that, again, another con uh, conversation. But another advantage, I would say uh, a lot of times these are going to have removable batteries. So whether it's uh, CR123 batteries or like this has a proprietary, this GL35 has a proprietary uh, uh, IRA battery in it. A lot of people really like removable batteries and internal non-removable batteries scares people a lot. And Jason, you and I hear about that a lot. 
uh, about the internal battery and the questions. Uh, and we'll talk more about that in our, our next conversation uh, about battery systems. But this, again, a lot of times have a removable battery. Um, now, this one right here with the, with the removable battery on the side, some of these also have an internal, like this one has an internal non-removable and removable battery. But again, a lot of times they do have two CR123 batteries. Now, those are the advantages, small, compact. You can use it as a monocular. You can take it on and off, uh, lightweight, uh, using it as a scanner. The disadvantage, and this is a big disadvantage, if you are wanting to run this on a bolt action rifle, it, I'm gonna tell you, you're probably not gonna get the eye relief that you want that's gonna be most comfortable. Some people, you'll see them, you'll see pictures online or pictures on Instagram of people putting traditional uh, thermal scopes on a bolt action rifle and they say it works just fine and it might just work just fine for them. But if you're a betting, a betting man, mm -hmm. uh, this is not the bet that I would make. Uh, yeah. If I was, if I was shooting a bolt action rifle, or at some point I felt like I was going to be switching my traditional scope over to a bolt action rifle, I wouldn't. I personally would not go with that. You know, one of one of these compact scopes because the eye relief is not going to be ideal for for putting it on a bolt action rifle. That's the biggest disadvantage. And when people say, one of the first questions that Jason and I will ask when somebody calls in, what type of rifle are you shooting? And they'll say Sorry. AR. And I say, at some point, do you ever see yourself switching back and forth to a bolt action? And if they say yes, I will immediately start to talk about tube style scopes. Yeah. Uh, if they say, nope, um, it's only gonna be AR only forever. Uh, then, then the traditional style is is the definitely um, the conversation to have. But the advantage is a big advantage. Uh, I'm sorry, the disadvantage is a big disadvantage. And uh, we'll talk about. I'll let Jason talk about the tube style scopes and the advantages and disadvantages. But the trend that, that you can see in the popularity of the 30 millimeter tubes scopes uh, is growing, and for a lot of different reasons. So I'm going to say this, we may not get to talk about your coyote hunt again today because we are going to run out of time, I can uh, already tell you. No, we um, got to squeeze so, it in. I've, teased, yeah, so, I've said, if it's yeah, two minutes, so, we'll have to. <laughs> okay, so it's a, it's a short story anyway. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> All right, so, so here's the deal. Um, let's talk about the advantages and the disadvantages of those 30 millimeter tubes, and then I'm going to go back and just say a couple things about what, what Hans was talking about there. So the 30 millimeter tube, the daytime scope design that he held up there, as Hans mentioned, uh, there is uh, every manufacturer, for us, I didn't say every, that's not true. Most manufacturers uh, now have uh, some of their scopes in this daytime scope design, and they're very, very popular. Uh, there was a huge resistance when these first hit the market because why? Well, it's changed and it looked different, um, but uh, it has grown on people. And, you know, we've got companies like Pulsar that are basically all in on it. And uh, there's some good reasons why. So, you know, no, number one, I think this is obvious, four fixed stock rifles, bolt action rifles, anything with a fixed stock that you can't collapse and get closer to the scope, it's perfect for. That is what it is made for. Now, sure, it works on ARs just fine, but for these fixed stock rifles, it's really what you need. Now, I'm going to go back because I want to bring this up before I forget. 
Hans made the comment that like the scope he was holding up there, you know, that this isn't going to work well on a fixed stock rifle. I know there's going to be the guy screaming, but wait a minute, that iRay GL35 comes with a long mount that works on a bolt action or a, a, on a fixed stock rifle. It does. It is not quick detached. It is not returned to zero, but it does come with a long mount. Uh, it will work. It's not ideal. It's not the best case scenario, but it will work. Uh, you can't pop it off, use it as a handheld, put it back on without re-zeroing it, uh, all those sorts of things. But some scopes, not all, have that long mount option. Mm -hmm. uh, that is not, I would say it like this, the vast majority of these smaller, more compact scopes do not have that option. Mm -hmm. All right. Some do, most do not. So that's why, you know, again, can you make that work? Okay, probably, but it's not ideal. The, the 30 millimeter tube is perfect for a bolt action style rifle. And that is why Hans said, you know, immediately when somebody says, well, I might switch it over to my 270, boom, I'm going on a 30 millimeter tube every time. I feel that's like when the way it needs to go. I feel like when somebody's, you know, trying to make something work like this, like putting a square peg yep. in a round hole, you know, they're it trying is. and then trying to make it work. And you even hear about people talking about, well, what about, you know, rail mm -hmm. extenders and, and Picatinny oh, rail extenders. Gosh. And then you talk about stacking components and, and what problems that that could lead to, you know, instead of, of, uh, you know, getting the one that's best for what they're trying but, to do, you know, just trying to force right it to work. Tool. Yeah. Trying to yes. force it to work, you know? Buy the right tool for the job. Guys, listen, I'm going to go off on my little rant right here because this is the big difference. Um, I cannot tell you how many guys over all the years that, that these style of scopes have been out have called back and said, well, I said even before they came out, guys mm -hmm. were buying these other style scopes. They call back in six weeks, six days, six years, and they say, hey, um, I'm trying to put this on my bolt action rifle and I can't get the eye relief. What do I need to do? And I'm like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's not an option for your scope. There's no extended rail. I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I've got to get it on there. Well, sorry. I mean, there's just, <laughs> and then you get this fresh, well, I got this $5,000 scope or this $3,000. I get it. Yeah. But they make a scope that is truly the the one size fits all. I mean, that this mm -hmm. 30 millimeter scope is perfect on an AR. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and dispel a myth. I have guys that say, well, I run an SBR or I run a, a pistol and I just can't have that big long tube on there because it's going to look ridiculous. Guys, I haven't shot an AR with a 16 or 16 inch or longer barrel in five years. I shoot from 10 and a half inch to 12 and a half inch. And I run, I mean, my preferred choice is these tube style scopes. They look fantastic. Every picture that I've ever posted in the last five, six years is on a maximum of a 12 inch barrel. They look great. So, I mean, that's my opinion. They look great. They're definitely not way too long. So yeah. don't let that be a concern. I, I think you need to buy what's going to fit you. Now, if you're never going to put it on an AR, I mean, I'm sorry, never going to put it on a bolt action, then who cares? Buy what you want at that point. But if you ever think you might, definitely lean towards these 30 millimeter tubes. They're obviously, that's what they're designed for, work great for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think another advantage uh, of the 30 millimeter tube is especially for guys that are coming from daytime hunting only. A lot of times these are older guys and 
uh, or maybe just guys who are just not big into technology and there's a comfort in that daytime scope design because they say that doesn't look like a computer. Mm-hmm. That looks like the scope that I've grown up mm-hmm. shooting. And so they go, oh, I, I like that idea. I also do believe that while I don't think any of these scopes are too complicated for you know anybody sure. to figure out, they're really not. Mm-hmm. I do think that the scopes with the 30 millimeter tube, the daytime design, are very easy to run because you have normally a button pad back there at the, the back where the eyepiece is. Um, Hans can show that. And then you normally have um, another control knob, whether it's on the side in the case of the Thermion or up on the top in the case of some of the IRA bolts. So th- the point is you got two points of control. It's really easy. You're spinning a dial. It just makes people feel more comfortable. So I think that's another advantage to guys who are first getting into this and they look at one of these traditional block or brick style scopes and it just looks like a little Mm -hmm. micro computer and they're like, I don't know about that. (laughs) So I I think that's nice as well. And it's just that familiar look and feel. Now, cons. Um, One thing that some people think um, is that, and, and it's funny because I have people, I guess, go both ways. Some people think that the small compact style scope is going to be lighter. Some people think that the daytime scope design is going to be lighter uh, or vice versa. They think it's going to be heavier. The truth is it really just kind of depends. Uh, the uh, Generally speaking, I would not say that the 30 millimeter tube scopes are lightweight. Um, I would say they're just really kind of right in the middle. Yeah. There are definitely uh, traditional thermal style scopes uh, that, that are just as heavy or heavier. And then there's vice versa. There's some of the smaller scopes, uh, like the, you know, the AGM rattlers and the, the, the bearing yoders and, and hogsters. Some of those are definitely lighter because they're very mm-hmm. small and compact. So, you know, weight, I think it just depends. You just got to look at the weight if that's a really big deal to you. But man, I, I've got some guys on the phone and we've sat around and they have worried over, two or three ounces. And I'm thinking like, man, I mean, I, I, I could hold them both in my hand and I can't tell the difference yeah. in two or three ounces. Yeah, so I, exactly. I think you got to go with, with what makes the most sense for you. Um, another thing that can be a con, and we're going to get into this more talking about the batteries, but, uh, every to date, uh, as of right now, 2022, oh, 2022, 2023, <laughs> I should say, uh, all of the tube style scopes have internal non-removable rechargeable batteries. Mm-hmm. You cannot take them out. Now, they also all have secondary battery pack systems that are removable. Again, right. we'll talk about that some more, but it's one thing if you're just absolutely an anti-internal battery guy, then the tube style scope is, is probably not going to be best for you. Mm-hmm. And then Hans already brought this up. Uh, I think it's, it's a very good point. Uh, you just generally speaking can't use the daytime scope design scopes as um, a handheld. And I can tell you this because Hans and I, you know, we are always testing scopes. Just it's just nonstop. And top of my gun safe is just covered in scopes. And and I go pick them up and go outside and go look. And uh, th- when I'm testing them side by side, I don't mount them because I don't want to go out and have to hold up my rifle, go put it on a tripod to look through it for Mm -hmm. 
30 seconds or five minutes if I'm on my back porch looking at across my, my pasture. So I'll definitely leave these things off in the initial testing stages of just being able to put them side by side. So with all that said, these tube-based scopes I'm using as a handheld yeah. all the time. So I, I can tell you this. For, I mean, I, it's, I got one right now. I got two. I can tell you it's no fun. It does not. You're holding it with two hands, and that just gets old really, really quick. Mm -hmm. So does it work in a bind? Sure. But you should never buy a 30-millimeter scope and say, hey, I'm going to take this off and use it as a handheld when I'm, you know, when I'm in the field or whatever. Now, one last thing that I want to go back and I'll be real quick talking about advantages and disadvantages uh, of the more traditional style thermals is Hans made the comment about, you know, using it as a handheld, taking it off. And, you know, we can get into that whole taking it off while you're hunting, trying to slam it back on there when a coyote's come running up. Yeah, we don't think that's, that's a good decision or, or a good method, but I get it. Sometimes you have to do that. But I will say a big advantage for a lot of people is they will take it off their rifle when they're outside of hunting season, and then it is a great handheld. They're just using it in their, you know, while they're deer hunting or out checking cows or riding around in the truck. Or they're not like in the heat of the moment taking it off and on. They're just using it as a general handheld, and they do work really well for that. So I think that is a, a big advantage when it comes to the handheld debate that Absolutely. you can use them, you know, again, outside of hunting season uh, for nothing but a handheld. Yep. Okay, so I think we bumbled through all that. Um, let's roll on in here because we're, we're, we we we're pressed for time. Let's talk about some battery systems. Now, I'm going to go ahead real quick. And I'm going to mention the three types, and then we'll each kind of, you know, discuss these in a little more detail. But you've got fully, fully removable batteries. Mm -hmm. These are going to be your scopes that, that, well, hang on, let me just say, you've got fully removable, you've got internal only. So that's only a battery you cannot take out, you can recharge. Then you have a combination, you know, the combination of I can, I can take one battery out, but this other battery, I can't. So that's the three. Internal, mm -hmm. completely um, uh, removable, and then a combination of both. So if we start with the fully removable, this is going to be where thermal started. All right. Um, CR123A batteries. That's where, uh, that's what most people think of when we think of the older style scopes. A lot of scopes still use these CR123As. One thing about those scopes is they're normally smaller, lighter weight, and more compact because those little batteries, those little CR123As are that small. It takes two of them, and, you know, it, it you just, there's this space that big. It does not take much to get those batteries in there, mm -hmm. and, again, they don't weigh much. So that is uh, one style. You've also got scopes now uh, and monoculars and stuff that take 18650s. Only an eight one removable eighteen six fifty or maybe two, um, or some of the other uh, I know like infrared, iray they're running some some different batteries like twenty six six fifties and some other kind of uh, you know not mm -hmm. as common batteries. But again, these are generic removable mm -hmm. rechargeable batteries. And then we've got scopes that have fully removable batteries, but they're proprietary batteries. Mm -hmm. um, that would be something like a Pulsar Talion. Or a, uh, I'm trying to think what else has that. I know, well, like the IRA cabins, the mm -hmm. the 
Uh, those are monoculars, the mm-hmm. um, axions. I'm sure there's some more. I didn't write anything else down here, but I, I know, like, again, is the, the pulsar talion is a good example of that. And well, no, uh, uh, the IRA Rico, like the mm-hmm. MK1s, yep. uh, and like the old pulsar trails, that was yep. a proprietary battery, fully removable. That's yep. what I, I was trying to think of. So, so again, uh, you've got the proprietary, but it's removable. You've got, again, 18650. Uh, 26650 rechargeables, and then the CR123As again. But but you take all the batteries out if you want to. Yeah. So let's talk about the, well, you want to talk about the internal batteries? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about internals because, I mean, in, internals, there's really not much there. Because I can I mean, hear the it, collective groan of people <laughs> when you mention internal batteries because it is, I, I would say, the biggest concern that you hear from people when you're talking about battery systems is internal batteries. You hear it sure. on when people reply to, to uh, reviews on YouTube, you know, when people call into us and ask about scopes and the internal batteries, the biggest question is if the batteries on the inside go dead, do I just have basically a paperweight? And so the biggest, uh, I would say the, the advantages of, of having the internal batteries is, um, it's less to worry about. Uh, it's easy to charge. You just plug in the whole unit. And these are typically monoculars that have internal uh, only batteries. Yeah, internal only. Yeah, I want to be, be clear. So um, they're, they're easy to charge. They're easy to manage. I mean, you know, you're not having to keep up with a set of batteries or losing batteries. I mean, it's uh, everything's just kind of there. Um, that's the advantage. The disadvantage is, you know, people's concern about uh, that if the batteries on the inside go dead, uh, does it, I mean, can I just do I have to throw my scope away or buy a new one or my monocular? The, the, the good news is most of these internal batteries and Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, man, we rarely ever have an internal battery that comes out and is just dead out of the box or, or a problem with it. They last a long, the, inter, the, we've had good luck with all of the manufacturers that have internal batteries that the, the batteries are lasting a good long time. Uh, also, if you buy a monocular or an optic with an internal non-removable battery, um, I do not know of one manufacturer that has said that they will not replace them. <laughs> so that yeah. includes, you know, Pulsar, AGM, um, uh, you know, that uh, IRA. Yeah, I mean, uh, all of these companies will replace the batteries for you, whether it's in warranty and they are covered under warranty or out of warranty. You can send the optics back in. Yeah to have replaced by somebody here in the United States so you're not having to send them across the world. Right. All of them have facilities. All these manufacturers have facilities here in the United States uh, that these batteries can be replaced, uh, you know, in their, in their offices here in the United so, States. So I want to say something real quick, cause I, I, I don't, I want to go on the record saying what you just said is all correct, but the question does come. Um, what happens in, you know, five years after it's out of warranty or 10 years or 15 years, guys, I'm going to shoot you straight. There's going to come a point. They're not going to replace that internal battery. Okay. I don't know what that is, but there's going to come a point. I mean, I've got all kinds of outdated electronics around my house, things that cost thousands of dollars that I'm going to go throw in the dump one day, uh, probably already should have. Old cell phones. And they cannot be, yeah, cell phones <laughs> and TV, they can't be worked yeah. on. There's yeah. going to come that day. Now, I don't know when that day is, but every manufacturer 
currently that makes these scopes that have internal batteries say, number one, it's covered under warranty. When it's out of warranty, uh, for a reasonable fee, we will replace that battery, uh, no big deal. And again, I don't know what that time frame is. So if that is the long term, I always say sell your scope when the warranty goes out. If it's if it really really let some other some other guy worry about that. But yeah. but with that also said, is um, the the batteries we really don't have a big problem. And and I know Hans mentioned this. One big concern is if it goes dead, is my scope toast? So far. Again, and I always give these disclaimers because some company will come do something crazy tomorrow. And, and you know, so as of right now, uh, Q1, quarter one of 2023, no one to date is making a scope with an internal battery that will not also run on a USB battery pack. Good point. I'm glad okay. you brought that so up because, yeah, that's so, so what, what yeah. yeah, what that means is, is... If your scope, we have this idea of, okay, there's a battery in here and it dies, paperweight. Mm-hmm. No, you just can't use that battery. That's one power source. But every one of these scopes has a USB port on the side that you can plug in a $25, $30, $40 USB battery pack and go run mm-hmm. it for 8 to 24 hours. Yeah. Way longer than that internal battery would run. You can do that. So number one, your scope is not a paperweight. Any of these scopes that have internal and removable batteries will also run off of the removable batteries. So Mm -hmm. the the big fear to me, and I get it, guys. I really do. It's a bunch of money. Internal battery, you can't get to it. I get the fear on it. But I think we've come so far now where just there's so many of these optics out there. I'm talking tens of Mm -hmm. thousands, Mm -hmm. and there's just not a huge cry and they've been out for years now. Um, So I just don't see it as a big giant thing. What I would say to you is this, if you're just adamant, no, I'm not going to do it, then that's fine. There are other options for you. I just Mm -hmm. talked about fully removable batteries. Now there's gives and takes. You may not get the battery life. You know, you, you may be dealing with, with, you know, little disposable batteries that cost two bucks a piece and you got to throw those away every two hours, but that's a give and that's a take. And you've got to decide what works best for you. So i tell you what, um, let me just roll in this real quick. Um, we've basically already talked about it, but the, the units, the combo, they have both internal and the removable. You're holding one of those. That's the Rico G then all of the tube style scopes that we talked about, the thermions, the bolts, the adders, they've all got a combination uh, of both. But I think this is the big thing. What are the advantages and the disadvantages to proprietary versus non-proprietary batteries? And I think that's where we can, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and talk about that. Then I'm going to let Hans roll into the advantages of the removables and all those. So when we get to the proprietary, it's the same thing kind of as the internal. There's always that concern of, okay, I have to buy this battery. All right, this is the battery I have to buy. It will, it will run off of this. What happens when this battery dies? Well, you buy another one from the manufacturer. Um, they're normally not cheap uh, because, you know, again, they got to make them. And they're not making them like little Energizer battery, double A's or something. And so th- you're tied to their battery. And that's a concern a lot of people have. 
the non-proprietary, I think if, if Hans and I got to choose, the, the, the number one mm. best option out there is a non-proprietary generic rechargeable battery like the 18650. That is, the, in my opinion, the best mm. option because I can buy these affordably. I can choose a ton of different brands. And if, if that battery dies, it costs me 10, 15, 20 bucks. I throw it in the trash. I buy more. I think that's the best case scenario, but there's also very few options. There's only two or three scopes on the market that are doing that. So that might not be an option for you. Uh, the, the other benefit is when you take something like a proprietary battery, like that battery that he's holding there in that Rico G. I think the battery life, and don't quote me on this, I don't have my numbers in front of me, that little battery is $79, and it gets like eight hours of runtime, seven, maybe it's seven, seven, eight hours of runtime in that scope. That's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. You will not get that out of an 18650. Yeah. I mean, it's just stupid amount of battery power uh, packed in there. So again, I think there's pros and cons uh, to both ways, but again, it comes down to what you want and what you think is best. And again, there's always these options for these CR123A type batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what a lot of these scopes have. Fully removable, disposable, you know, whatever works best for you. Yep. So the advantages, I think, of removable batteries seem pretty obvious. But um, a lot of people really, I don't think, understand all of the advantages of it. But really... Um, with removable batteries, again, you're taking away the concern of internal batteries, you know, not being able to remove it. So, uh, you know, people always think, well, if I, if I can at least take the batteries out, then I can always buy spares uh, or, you know, buy load up on proprietary batteries. But um, you, the good thing about it is you can, uh, whether it's CR123s, 18650s, proprietary batteries, you can always buy spares uh, if the battery goes dead or no good, you can throw it away and you've got others to run on. Um, and also you're not having to, to charge the scope. You're not having to charge an internal battery. You're basically just um, replacing the batteries, charging, uh, you know, charging other batteries, your spare batteries, but you're not having to do it in the scope. I would say that the, the cons of this, um, of fully removable batteries, overall, you're going to have a shorter battery life. Uh, and, you're having to spend money on extra batteries. And that's the thing is, you know, proprietary batteries are going to be much more expensive than your throwaway batteries, but you're in general going to get more life out of them. Uh, but you're talking about 80 to hundred dollars a piece, depending on the batteries. Uh, but again, uh, you're, you know, you're going to have a longer battery life with it. And, you know, it's uh, you are spending that extra money, but you can have as many batteries as you want. You can have a whole pocket full of them uh, when you go out in the field. So moving on, I agree with that. We talk about internal batteries only. You know, I think the pro is there's less to worry about with them. You don't have to keep up with a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, usually the battery life is really good because it's a big battery inside there. But I think obviously we're not going to dash it out and beat that horse again. But there is the concern of, I have nothing but this internal battery. What's going to happen when it goes dead? And then I think you've got, um, you know, you do have to stop to go recharge that scope or plug it into a USB mm-hmm. battery pack. But that's, you know, I know some people don't want to go do that. So I think that's where the combination of 
internal and removable is honestly, I think in our current situation, it's probably the best. It's mm-hmm. probably the best option. I mean, yeah, I mean, Hans and I already said we'd love to have 18650s or some style of fully removable battery, you know, something cheap we can go buy, but we are going to give up some battery life doing that, but we would really like that. But I think that probably the best case right now is this combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting the best battery life for sure. I mean, you're getting, mm-hmm. gosh, the uh, the the new GL35, uh, we say 13 hours of runtime on both batteries, uh, the internal mm-hmm. and return removable, um, the, the Pulsar Thermions, yeah. Uh, are getting what, ten hours of runtime on certain models. Close to ten, yeah, nine yeah, or ten, mean, yeah. Uh, the adders getting fifteen hours of runtime. So yeah, these combination setups for battery life, and that's I think at the end of the day, I think battery life and and the amount of time somebody can stay out in the field and hunt without having to worry about recharge or st- stick new batteries in, probably the most important to a lot of people out there. Uh, but you know, we wanted to talk about all these other factors that are involved in different battery types. Here's what this boils down to. I know there's some of you that are like, oh my gosh, I just lost 40 minutes of my life. I'll never get back because um, you maybe knew all this and whatever. But there's also a lot of guys that are new to this sport and they they really, they're wanting to learn about all the differences and it's very confusing. So hopefully that that helps some of y'all. But if you're that guy who's still listening, like guys, I just don't know. I'm, I'm still confused. You've, you, you know, you've lost me and I'm not getting to see all this. Man, we get it. Listen. I know as confusing as this sounds, Hans, myself, uh, you know, our salesman, Ashley, the three of us, we do this all day. We talk to guys all the time. We are very happy to help you narrow this down, and we don't have to have this whole big conversation. We're going to ask you a series of questions and say, hey, are you going to shoot this type of rifle? Are you going to shoot this? Nope. Okay. Uh, how cold are the temperatures where you're hunting? We know. We're going to ask. We, we know what to ask. We've done this enough. And we're going to start narrowing this down based on your budget and how you answer these questions. And then we can offer specific suggestions. So if you're still confused, um, we would love to have your business and help take some of this confusion out of there. You can call us at Outdoor Legacy. That is 877-350-1818. And Hans, myself, Ashley, we are glad to talk through these options with you. And I'm telling you guys, we can make this way, way easier. There's still a lot of a lot of choices, a lot of options, things you've got to decide on, uh, things we'll help you decide on. We can't pick the scope for you. Uh, sometimes people want us to do that. We're not going to pick the and say, this is the scope. Don't buy it. But we're going to get you down and say, these are some really good options. Maybe it's down to two, three scopes. And we can give you the pros and cons of each of those and tell you which we think will do better for your specific situations. But if you are interested in buying a scope from Outdoor Legacy, we would love to have your business and love to help you. So feel free to call us. You can go to our website, OutdoorLegacyGear.com, and you can go there and see all the scopes and kind of sort by price, see what's in your price range. But as there's more and more scopes coming to the market with more of these options, uh, you know, removable batteries, non-removable batteries, proprietary, it gets confusing. And we are happy to take that confusion out. Now, if Hans has not choked to death. I don't know, man. I can't promise. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to hear his, his short, 
his short coyote predator yeah, hunting yeah. So tournament I, story. Yes, thank you for taking over. I still feel a tickle on my throat. Um, so a lot of people have been asking about the coyote hunting tournament. And as all of you know, in 2022, uh, and this is the Conway Farms coyote hunting tournament. This is the one that Outdoor Legacy is a, a sponsor of and, and really the only one that I do uh, every year. Um, so last year, 2022, we won the world championship um coyote hunt tournament <laughs> got the buckles the belts so this year world championship yeah, world championship it's a so small this year, world this it's year world. 2023 and in, in a few weeks ago we had to, to defend our world championship world championship <laughs> um we won it last year with 10 coyotes it's a 17 hour tournament we won it we won it with 10 coyotes um jason it's with much pride and excitement that i report back to you and to the world uh, and all of our listeners, that we did not come in last place. <laughs> we didn't come oh, in first man. place, but yeah, we didn't right. come in last place. Um, there you go. We didn't, well, we didn't get in first, second, or third place. We didn't get any money, but we came in with a, I think, a very respectable uh, six coyotes, um, the, what, uh, 10 coyotes won it, which was what we got last year. We all night, we, we had some activity. We called in, I was the call man. So I was calling, but we called in, I want to say nine total coyotes and we walked home with six of them. So that's pretty good, pretty good numbers. Uh, some of those were doubles. A couple of those were doubles that ran in, but I mean, six out of nine that total that we saw. So I think we our ratio was pretty respectable. But we had a great time. Uh, we didn't win it this year. This is our fifth, fourth or fifth year. We've only won it once. We we came in second place, I think, once before. Um, but we didn't embarrass ourselves. We, we did have a respectable showing. Um, uh, Outdoor Legacy and AGM. Together, uh, we gave away an AGM Adder TS50 uh, to a lucky person. A, a, a guy in the, in the sun actually won it, and the, the kid was just thrilled to death. I mean, he was so excited about it. Uh, so thank you to Outdoor Legacy and to AGM for, for donating the scope. But we had a, a nice turnout. We had uh, 21 teams, so every year it's growing a little bit. Um, and I'm going to tell you, this is it's in Murchison, Texas, which – um, you probably never heard of it is you, you can't even find it on a map. So the fact that yeah. we got 21 teams uh, to, to go out in the middle of nowhere and, and uh, sign up for this hunt was great. Uh, we had a great turnout, probably the biggest weigh in turnout that we've ever had. Uh, I mean, just so many people there, so many fans of the show, uh, the late night vision show uh, that we got to see and, and got to shake hands with. So it was good to see everybody there. But we we did not defend our world championship belt, uh, Jason. I'm sorry. I feel like a failure of the, the show, a failure of the company, Outdoor Legacy. I don't even know if I can wear the patch anymore until next year, yeah, maybe when I can redeem myself. So, yeah. uh, you know. I mean, we may be looking for your, your fill-in very soon. <laughs> exactly. <just> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least you killed you killed some. If you'd have come back with no coyotes, we might have had to fire you. But you got I feel six. Like, I mean, I, that's pretty yeah, I feel like In East Texas, that's pretty good. Yeah, I feel it was respectable. But anyway, thank you all for, uh, uh, for asking about it because it is – I say it's fun. It's fun after while I'm doing it. I really have to pump myself up because I'm getting older and the excitement of staying out all night 
is not as the thought is not as exciting as it used to be. Um, but after I do it, I'm like, man, I'm glad I did it, you know, and it was good to do and fun and, and all that stuff. The weather was good. So I can't complain too much until next year. Right, Jason. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I, I know there have been a lot of people asking, want to know, uh, if, if Hans and his team were, were still the, World champions. Uh, the regional champions of Murchison, <laughs> Texas, that World you champions. cannot find on a map. But, uh, no, it, it was, it, it was, uh, it looked like a great turnout and, um, you know, they had a lot of great sponsors there and we want to thank AGM. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for teaming up with us and and you know giving away that scope that was a big deal. So guys, listen, I hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, we know that this is not the most exciting of shows, but uh, we know there's some guys that are gonna hate these styles of shows. But we also have so many people that tell us, listen, I, you're helping me. I know it. You know, I, I, they sit down, they got a notepad, they're listening, they're they're learning. And that they're into the details. And so we hope these shows work for you. But at the same time, uh, we do our other shows. You know, we we take time and just do nothing but talk about calling coyotes or calling hogs. And we talk mm-hmm. about uh, doing a lot of reviews. That's what this show has really turned into is a ton of scope reviews because there's so many optics coming out. But we want to offer a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for reviews, but you're like, man, you guys talk for 30, 45 minutes. Um, well, if that's true, you didn't make it to hear this part. But if for some reason you accidentally fast forwarded down to here, what I would say is go over on, you know, on YouTube, go check out Hans's reviews. They're shorter than ours. It's just him. He's doing an overview of the uh, almost all the scopes that we review on here. And that's Hans, H-A-N-S-E-T-X. Hans East Texas on YouTube. Uh, that way... You can watch his reviews over there, and they will be shorter because I'm not there. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be half the length at least. Right. So anyway, that that's something you can do. You can also find him on Facebook. He's got a Facebook page now, Hans ETX, as mm-hmm. well as on Instagram. I've already told you where to find Outdoor Legacy. We're on all the social medias, but the big thing is the phone number and the website. That's where we would love for you to find us. Uh, we would love to have your business. And then the Late Night Vision Show, you're already here. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all those places, as well as the thelatenightvisionshow.com. Mm-hmm. You can find all the past episodes there. You talk about people skipping forward in shows. Think about it. There might be some people out there that skipped forward during this whole show just to get to my coyote hunting story. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that did not happen. <laughs> Y'all, we will be back next week. Uh, we've got more, like Jason talked about, more reviews. I mean, I've I've got scopes I'm picking up all all week. Jason's got stuff that we got piled up. We've got so much content that we got to get to. But we want to mix in some some good old hunting stories too in, in between there. But we will see y'all next week, next Thursday. As always, next week will be 2.56, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what it's going to be between now and then. But y'all stay safe in the fields uh, and keep making them bacon pancakes. <laughs>